0: Classic going to be a podcast. I am Jason, and with me, as usual, is Rich. Hello, Rich. It's NBA to be finals. I never thought we'd get here. That's <laughs> believe it or in right. October. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, of course, you know, October, but, October.
0: Yeah. you know, hey, whatever. I guess tomorrow's October. Yes. Yeah, so, the season's uh, supposed 30th. to
1: start, but, uh, yes. yeah, you know, I guess so. We're just coming back in another another month, right? Yeah, exactly. End of, end of October, yeah. we're ready to go again. All right, guys, let's all go. All right. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good job. You know, Yes, um, of course, it is the Miami Heat and Los Angeles Lakers who are playing each other in the NBA Finals, which is uh, about to, to start as we're recording. Uh, of course, we'll catch up with it later, but um, we wanted to, much like we did for the conference finals, we wanted to talk about the prominent players who played for both teams, and of course, you know, you think of you know guys who played for the Heat and the Lakers, you know, some prominent names come to mind, you know, Michael Beasley, Derek Williams, you know, <laughs> uh, guys like that, you know, important guys, you know, we're not going to talk about them. We're going to focus on, you know, still important, but not, you know, a little bit less remembered than the, you know, the big stars, you know, like, right. the, yeah. race, You know, like for instance. Yeah. Right. So, like
1: you know, there's the legendary guys like Smocky Walker and stuff. And sure. It's like, everybody yeah. knows everything about Smocky Walker already. Like, what are we going to sure. do for, you know, what smush Parker content can we really give you guys that you don't already know? So we didn't even right. bother with those guys, you, you know, because no. there's just no point. Rory Sparrow. We talked about him last episode. How many times are we gonna talk about Rory Sparrow for God's sakes? Like
0: you know. I mean, many times. Yeah, we actually should you do know.
1: an episode on Rory Sparrow. Like
0: we, we do. Like, yes, like I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to disparage
1: you know, Rory Sparrow. I, 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 really I apologize yeah. if it came off that way. I, I love Rory Sparrow. Right. I just, you know,
0: right. I mean, I, I think bird-themed last names, you know, episode. We'll, we'll <laughs> That's true. Rory yes. Sparrow. You know, Larry Bird. You know. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there are others. <laughs> yeah, I can't
1: but, think of no. any. My brain is now completely right. unfocused on this Heat Lakers, and now my brain will only be thinking of uh, Bird-related last names in the NBA history. Right. So that's uh, that's good. I'm trying to. Okay, I, okay. I got to. We'll worry about that later. We'll put that down the right. line. We'll kick that candle. Right. I got to take my head out of that because my head is only thinking of guys with like Hawk and. Um, condor and like, Oh yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, okay. We we had a lot of Hawkins
0: there. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. If we had Hawkins,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Percy Hawkins.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Connie Hawkins. Yeah. Connie Hawkins. Oh, right. All uh, all right. All right. Well, let's, let's focus. Let's, uh, (laughs) it's been a long day for both of us, I think. So, um, Yes. So I guess fo- we'll uh, we'll focus on the trades between the two front only three in their shared histories it's a surprisingly reasonably low amount.
1: Yeah, it is pretty low and they're not really any. I, I mean, there's one obviously huge trade here, but yeah, the other one's not too ridiculous, but uh, pretty. So we'll, we'll start out June 25th. Uh two thousand nine is actually kind of a relevant player here for uh, you know the bubble, uh, and 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 you know the current NBA playoffs we have going on here. So the uh, Los Angeles Lakers they trade Patrick Reveley Yes, he was a member of the Lakers or you know, sort of on the Lakers, kind of, sort of not really. Uh, yeah, traded Patrick Reveley yeah. to the Miami Heat for cash and a two thousand eleven second round pick. Uh, something named Atter Majork was was selected. So I don't know who that is. And this was a yeah. very relevant trade because the Lakers they had 0.0 win shares. And they trade that for 0.0 win shares because neither man uh, did anything for the teams that they were traded for. So uh, Beverly, he spent two years in Europe before he debuted in the NBA with the Rockets uh, in January 2013. So he doesn't play for the Lakers. He doesn't play for the Heat. He eventually does play uh, with the Rockets and then carves out a, a very good, still going NBA career at this point. But yeah. for both the Lakers and the Heat, uh, he is irrelevant. And I don't know who or what Atter Majoric is, but um, i might even not even be saying that correct. But who cares? Because no one's ever going to remember or care about. it.
0: Well, Rich, Rich, you majocked, you majocked me into that one. So, uh,
1: <laughs> Is it joke? Is it a yeah. joke? I,
0: I don't know. Whatever. That wasn't a very good. That was not a very good joke, to be honest. But yeah. Um, yes. So next, you mentioned, of course, uh, the, the most famous trade uh, out of these. Uh, July 14th, 2004, the Lakers traded uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. We. Forgot to mention Shaquille O'Neal, a kind of important player in the uh, shared histories of the Lakers. I
1: got, the, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. In terms of like winning championships and, you know, being right. a star, yeah, but like, you know, Smoky Walker, <laughs> you know, Brian yeah. Grant, like these are, you know, these Price. are the people you want to talk about. So.
0: Sure, I mean, did I mean did Shaq have? He doesn't have a bird name, so it's true. So what's even the yeah, point? Yeah, but there's not much of a point. It's true. Uh, yes, um, Shaquille O'Neal traded from the Lakers, who were you know coming off uh, four finals appearances in five years and three championships. Uh, obviously, Shaq Kobe beef. We've talked about that in the past. Um goes the Miami Heat for Karan Butler, Brian Grant, Lamar Odom, and two uh draft picks, one of which became Jordan Farmar, a fairly prominent player, of course, uh for the Lakers during their later championship years. Uh, interestingly enough, the Lakers traded 97 past win for 69.1 future win Um, and and the uh Heat traded 41 past win for 21 future win So actually, in the terms of who got the uh I, more win shares again, a flawed <laughs> metric, but you right. know, uh, measures a bit. The uh, Lakers actually got, I mean, they got a lot of years out of um, you know, Lamar Odom, and you know, Jordan Farmer got a year of Karon Butler, so you know, obviously they got a lot of that. Um, of course, Miami ends up winning the uh, the championship in in two thousand six, but you know, Shaq falls off pretty quickly after that, ends up being traded in two thousand eight. So, um. You know, obviously, in retrospect, if you make a trade and win a championship, you're going to um, say, hey, you know, it was worth doing that trade. But do you think there's a conceivable possibility that the Heat keep, you know, they have Dwayne Wade, they keep Karan Butler, they keep Lamar Odom, and they end up long-term actually having a better run than just one championship. I'm not saying likely, but I'm saying, can you conceive of that possibility?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it was, I mean, Shaq did come in and he was, he was still great. Like it wasn't until that final year really, um, or the final full year when he started, his body started to break down and obviously that, you know, the final half year where he gets traded. I don't know. Like, yeah, I I see your point there. I see, I definitely see what you're saying, especially with someone like a a Lamar Odom, uh, who had just kind of come into his own at that point, uh, as well. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's well, tough. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, you think about the Wizards during that time, kind of had a similar setup. You know, obviously they had Butler. You know, Dwayne Wade's obviously better than Gilbert Arenas. Sure. Um, Odom, I think, is a better player overall than Antoine Jameson. Kind of do different things, but Odom, I think, actually fits in a, you know, kind of a, um, a triumphant better than that. So you know, it depends what they have around them, you know, and a lot of things. Obviously, I think there's less of a chance that, you know, the. He'd get really bad and, you know, um, clearing house and, you know, getting LeBron and Bosch later. So obviously they would rather have done that. So, I mean, history worked out in favor of them for a couple of reasons here, but I, I, it just something that sort of struck, you know, um, My mind, like, oh yeah, you know, I could see a a situation where actually keeping Butler and Odom would have been better for the Heat. But you know, again, you you win a championship, you're gonna take that deal, um, you know, every time.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about it in a later, you know, uh, when we talk about someone, you know, later down in this episode. But they're you know they're a game away from going to the you know back to back NBA Finals as well. And people do forget that oh five oh four oh five team, you know, went to Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Pistons. And uh, you know, ended up losing and, and you know, not making the finals. And yeah, I mean it 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 can't be understated how important Shaq was. You know, he immediately comes in, immediately adds, you know, just a different dynamic to that team. He's still completely unguardable. He's still at the top of his game. Dwayne Wade emerges. Like it, it's it's amazing how just adding Shaq to that team just put them from like, you know, 42, 43, 44, like that sort of like, hey, we're like a plucky, you know, Eastern Conference team or whatever, to like immediately, you know, 59 wins in in, in the first season and then you know an NBA championship uh, in the following season. So yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like long-term, maybe you can stretch it out a little bit, but yeah, it's like, I think 99 out of a hundred times, I'd probably make that trade to, you know, go to right. almost back-to-back finals and, 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 you know, eventually winning a championship as well. So sure. Gotcha.
0: So, uh, I want to talk about the uh, last trade. Yeah. Very uh, intriguing one. Yeah, this
1: is this. I can't wait to talk about it. We could do a whole episode on this, I think. But uh, uh, not the not Matt Geiger. He's a part of this trade, but not Matt Geiger is not the point here. Uh, June 23rd, 1988. uh, Los Angeles Lakers trade a 1992 second round draft pick later uh, selected as Matt Geiger with that pick. So it's 1988 trading a 1992 second round pick to the Miami Heat with the caveat that the Miami Heat agree not to select Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the expansion draft. Uh, all you have to know, Lakers trade zero wind shares for zero wind shares. because Obviously they're not trading anything of, of note in the Miami. Uh, they trade, you know, a promise for 8.4 future wind shares for, for Matt Geiger. So it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I was questioned, like, is this legal? Can you do this? And apparently it is. And, and they did it a bunch. Miami did this a bunch in the first expansion draft. So I would say they come into the league in 1988 and they were very smart. They basically looked and scoured over all the expansion draft. And it was a kind of a weird, you know, in between era for the NBA as well, because salary caps were kind of rising. player salaries were rising. The league was getting way more popular and a lot of really good players were left unprotected by their teams. And the, you know, the way around this or the way that, you know, teams could keep their good players, but still, you know, sort of, you know, circumvent the salary cap and, and, and make sure that their good players didn't get picked up by expansion teams was essentially say, Hey, uh, Miami, you want a second round pick in nine years? And they're like, Yeah, sure. We'll take it. So, uh, they did a bunch of these, a bunch of these. So let's talk about a few of these here. Uh, Miami Heat agreed to not select Bill Weddington, UA Blob and Steve Alford from the uh, Dallas Mavericks in exchange for a 1988 first round pick. Actually, which is pretty interesting. So the the Mavericks uh, only protected eight of their 12 players um, or they had already protected eight of their 12 players. They did this. Miami Heat says, "Okay, we're not going to pick Weddington. Well, we won't take Blob. We won't take Steve Alford. And it ends up with Miami Heat taking something named Arvid Kramer. And uh, if you don't know who Arvid Kramer is, join the club. Nobody knows who Arvid Kramer is. He uh, played only eight games in the NBA. And the last time he played in the NBA was 1979 and 1980. So, uh, yes, yes that's amazing, amazing little note here.
0: He was actually selected first overall in the 1980 expansion draft and never played for the. <laughs> right. um, so uh, a two-time expansion
1: a, draft draftee and yeah, never played. Yeah,
0: no, number one overall draftee. <laughs> so yeah,
1: that's a uh, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. A yeah. Um. So yeah, there was a bunch of these as well. So Miami Heat agreed to not select DJ Dennis Johnson from the Boston Celtics in exchange for a 1988 second-round pick. Uh, they also agreed to not select Danny Young from the Seattle SuperSonics. In exchange for a 1988 second round pick. Uh, and then the big one is what we talked about here. The Miami Heat agreed to not select Kareem Abdul Jabbar from the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in exchange for that 1992 second round pick, who ended up being Matt Geiger. Um, and of course, as, as all roads do, they all lead back to the man, the myth, the legend, a favorite of the show, Mike Smrek. So I found this New York Times article. Uh, it says, quote, the Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, and Seattle Supertonics, preferring to protect some of their younger players, joined the Mavericks and often uh, offering draft choices in exchange for ensuring that the players they were forced to leave unprotected would not be taken. One was Kriyam Abdul-Jabbar, the 41-year-old Lakers center, who was signed to a $3 million contract for next year. With that maneuver, the Lakers were able to protect Mike Smrek, their backup center. So, whew, yes. don't have to give up Mike Smrek. thank God. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, and Willie, we'll have more later on the uh, the player, the Laker, who the uh, Heat actually selected uh, later on toward the end of this episode. It's a little teaser there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, so, so as far as like what they did in that draft, uh, with their main pick, you know, the the the, the Heat select Ronnie Cicley. That was the ninth overall pick. They had that one. Uh, and as far as the other picks, I mean, they got some good value out of these picks. You know, you get later in the first round, you get Kevin Edwards uh, drafted. A uh, second round, Grant Long we talked about in a prior episode a, a, a heat staple for the early, you know, eat franchise. And then, you know, yeah, you're talking like late second rounds. So you're not getting a ton of value here, but Sylvester gray, Orlando Graham and Nate Johnson as well. Some other guys. And, and really like Miami probably would prefer to just kind of stack their team with like cheap, you know, second round picks and stuff like you're not bringing in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, though, I love the idea of them just being like, nah, we're going to take Kareem. <laughs> anyway, and just like, you know, Miami, the 41 year old Miami, you know, 41 year old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just rocking with the expansion. Miami heat is just a, a, a timeline that I kind of want to be a part of.
0: So is that more or less washed than that photo of Ewing and, um, Olajuwon, you know, in the <laughs> right. Raptors. In the <laughs> yeah. Square. I don't, yeah. Just like, cause imagine
1: how like unmotivated he would
0: have been. He's just like,
1: come on, really? <laughs> like, right. You know, I'm only barely hanging on cause I'm with the Lakers and we're good and we're winning titles and it's LA, but like, dude, I'm not going to Miami. <laughs> like, But right. yeah, I, I like the idea of him getting motivated. You're like, you know what? No, I do belong. Like, screw the Lakers for not protecting me. <laughs> like, fuck Mike Schmeck. You know, and then he like, just dominates yeah. Mike Schmeck in head-to-head battles. Like, no, you know what? Mike Smeck's your starting center now, because I'm going to Miami, baby. <laughs> like, I love this idea. and uh, Just some of the yeah. other players, too. Danny Young and the Supersonics, being like, no, don't take Danny Young for us, which is just kind of, you know, good player, but young. like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If he, but it's yeah. uh, these are yeah. dumb second-round picks, so it's whatever. And then, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks saying, don't take Weddington, UA Blah, or Steve Alford. So, um, yeah. just incredible. Yeah, I could yeah. not believe this was legal, and apparently it is, I guess. I don't know if this loophole's been closed uh, or whatnot, but uh, you could do this at this time, where you could trade picks for you know, agreements that you're not going to take guys in expansion drafts, which is kind of cool,
0: actually. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll uh, dig now into the uh, some of the key players in the shared histories of the franchise. First, we are going to look at Lamar Odom. Played for Miami just one season in two thousand and four, and then for the Lakers in two thousand and five through twenty eleven. Um, yeah, I'm, when I think of Odom, I think of somebody with just you know, incredible versatility in terms of you know passing, ball handling for his size. You know, great defender. Just kind of a, a guy who really was the glue that kind of kept those Lakers um, together and, you know, was it great as a kind of a could take over as a star, could kind of fit in as a role player, just sort of a, um, you know, a do everything type of guy. I mean, I, I think, you know, kind of when he came onto the scene early on as a Clipper, he wasn't like the next big thing or anything, but he was definitely like the next intriguing thing, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I I, I vividly remember. I have a, a slam cover with you know him, Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles on there, and it's like you know this is the next generation of, of basketball. Like this is it. These you know guys, and and it was that. I mean, they they it was like the other thing too is you got to remember you know the body types of these guys. Yeah, Lamar Odom, who who's a, a, a you know traditional traditionally sized like a big man. Obviously, he's he's not you know as as kind of stronger as built as many other big men, but like he can do it all. He can do a bunch of stuff. He can guard one through five or whatever. And then you have Jarius miles. That's the same thing too. He's like seven foot or, you know, six ten or whatever he was. And he can guard every spot too. So it was like, man, this is not only just like an intriguing young team with a bunch of like really, really young guys that can all do good stuff. But like, this might be the future of the NBA. Like, look at these guys; they're just crazy. Like, and and yeah, it was just there was a ton of hype. Like, it, it can't be addressed of how much hype there was. Plus, there was the added caveat of like these guys were kind of cool too. It was like a cool and young team. So yeah, the Clippers they they there was a time where they were cool. It didn't last long, but they were cool. No, oh,
0: yeah, it was very very short term. Um, but yeah, he I uh, was drafted fourth overall by the Clippers in '99 after he. Played one season at the University of Rhode Island. He was a national player of the year in high school. Uh, finished third in rookie of the year voting in 2000. That you know, coming onto a Clippers team that, of course, you know had mostly had failure for the past uh, two decades. But you know, they they gathered some young talent. Guys, You talked about like Maggette, um, Darius Miles, Quint Richardson. They alvin gentry was their uh was their new coach yeah he ended up having a year or two respectability uh they also brought in uh elton brand um you know and then later kind of you know turned things around in the mid-2000s actually made the playoffs a couple times and you know were a uh a somewhat dangerous team at least for for a little while but yeah um yeah, he was kind of par- part of the early um transition on that unfortunately you know when they uh started to get good he missed um some time he had a couple of drug suspensions some injury issues and missed a lot of the last two years of his um career for the Clippers and then in 2004 ended up being signed as a restricted free agent by the Heat um after the uh Clippers had matched a Heat offer for uh Brandt um and the Heat at, at that point brought it brought in um rookie Dwayne Wade second year uh, player Crom Butler we'll talk about Later, and also Eddie Jones, and they had a, a surprising uh, playoff run. Ended up making the uh, second round. Um, Odom averaged uh, 17.1 points per game and 9.7 rebounds per game in 80 in eighty games that year, so kind of had a bounce-back season. Uh, however, as we talked about earlier, with Shaq on the market, he, Karan uh, Butler, and Brian Grant ended up being uh, shipped for to the Lakers.
1: Yeah, and, and this, I remember being a... a, a- you know when people talk about this deal, and 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 yeah, it's like it came to Miami, and they just like, what about stupid not to try to you know get Shaquille O'Neal for it. But I do remember definitely at the time. A lot of conversation about Lamar Odom and like, oh man, like this guy is—you're you, trading a guy who really kind of came into his own in Miami. Maybe maybe got away from whatever was going on in Los Angeles and it was whatever got on with the Clippers, I should say. You know, it's not necessarily Los Angeles, more the dysfunctional Clippers or whatever. And then you saw what this guy could do, and you see how important he was to the Heat. And and like you kind of you know asked me at the beginning of the show, there was a lot of questions of like, well, how much does Shaq really have left, and is it worth trading? You know, someone like Lamar Odom. Like, what what is what is Lamar Odom capable of? What can he really be? and, and yeah is it worth trading that just to have, you know, maybe a year or two uh, of Shaq and yeah, for Miami, clearly it was, but no, you could absolutely make the case. And I do remember the arguments at the time being like, uh, you might, they might regret this one. Cause this is a top tier guy. And, and there's no doubt that he was really the centerpiece of that deal. And, 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 and as we found out, you know, it's a pretty damn good deal uh, for the heat uh, or for, for the heat and the Lakers as well. Both franchises, I think get uh, a lot of value out of that trade.
0: Um, a good, uh a little bit of a tough start for Odom, particularly for the Lakers, and of course now uh, centered uh, with uh, Kobe Bryant uh, on offense. They, um, you know, he had a pretty good season, 15.2 points per game, 10.2 rebounds per game, Missed some time with a shoulder injury. But the team had a lot of turmoil. Uh, new coach, Rich Amjanovic, left at midseason, and the team really slumped down the stretch. I think Kobe missed most of the last, most of like the last quarter of the season as well. They finished with only 34 wins and a league worst defensive rating. It was the first time they missed the playoffs in uh, several seasons. I think only the fifth time they missed the playoffs in franchise history up to that point. So, um, so next year Phil Jackson comes back as coach, and Odom at this period, you know, the next um, two three season kind of seen as an enigma. You know, sometimes can can come in and uh, dominate, and be really good. Sometimes seen as sort of drifting out of games. Um, the Lakers. You know, improved, um, but still fell to the Suns two years in a row in the playoffs. Um, before they were able to acquire Paul Gasol in 2008 and reach the finals, uh, it seemed that during that time, um, especially that 08 year, Odom played particularly well with Andrew Bynum out of the lineup, which would kind of be a theme for the rest of his Lakers career. But definitely, he and Gasol and Kobe, of course, you know, really had a lot of uh, chemistry together and fit well. And um, and Odom, you know, kind of. Ended up more, you know, in the next couple of years, um, you know, kind of finding his role more and you know contributing to you know winning success.
1: Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, he became a guy who I think was you, you know people had kind of always thought he like like I mentioned in Miami, we're like, man, this guy can become a star. This guy can be the leader of your team. This guy can do that sort of stuff. And I think you know later the Lakers found their best success with him basically saying, okay, look, he doesn't need to be a star. He doesn't need to be a leader. He doesn't like, let's him be a six man. Let's have him do everything. Let's have him be, you know, and, and there's no doubt how important he was to those teams, but it was just like the, the big revelation was, okay, maybe this guy doesn't need to be, you know, a featured guy. He's a guy that can just kind of work, in, in the system that we have, and work around the talented players we have, and then yeah, that's where I think his, his you know his tremendous success came from, and especially bringing Gasol in there because now the load was off of him, and it was like all right, look, we have Kobe, we have Gasol to his lesser extent, we have Andrew Bynum, you know, you can just kind of come out of here and, and and be the sixth man and do whatever you need to do, and and that's where you know their best team success came, and his best success came uh, as well, so.
0: And he ends up taking a six-man role in 2009, helps the Lakers win back-to-back championships, despite some reluctance and take mm-hmm. that role. Um, and to celebrate the first title, Wrigley, uh, the company made a replica of the Larry O'Brien championship trophy out of candy. Uh, and Odom's name was featured on the base of the account, on, on the base of that trophy on account of his fondness for uh, candy. So of course known <laughs> as the candy man. Um, and in 2009, he also married Khloe Kardashian uh, after one month of dating and became uh, involved in, uh, you know, the reality tabloid circus of that as well. Uh became famous to a whole new group of uh, a whole new audience. So it was really, a, and uh, that, that's not a where I know well, but I know that he had a tremendous amount of uh, popularity and uh, fame and unfortunately infamy um, later on uh, due to that. Um, yeah. But just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for better and yeah. for worse.
1: Yeah. for, sure.
0: for worse, but. Exactly. So so they won the back-to-back championships, of course, tw- 2009, 2010, 2011. Um, Then he uh, wins the six-man year. The award is one of his best seasons, uh, really his last really strong season of his career at age 31. Uh, The Lakers did end up falling in the playoffs. Uh, They were pretty much smashed by the Mavericks, who ended up winning the NBA championship as a a pretty big surprise that year. Um, Then had a really difficult offseason that year that included a a murder of his cousin, and he was also a passenger in a fatal accident, plus everything going on with the um, NBA lockout. and then was involved in a, what ended up being a vetoed trade by the Lakers for Chris Paul, in which Odom would have been sent out. Uh, after that, he was, uh, he was angered by being involved in that and decided asked to uh, be traded to a contender and ended up going to um, Dallas. And things really spiraled out from there for him uh as a player. Um Basically the team listed him as inactive after he had a clash with Mark Cuban near the end of the season. Uh, Um, followed up the next year with the Clippers uh, went back to, to the Clippers for one season, played the full year. Um, uh, he played every game, although his, his numbers did improve a little bit, but, the, but still were definitely uh weak And uh, it, basically that was the end of his career outside of signing with the Knicks toward the end of the 2014 yeah. season, but not actually playing. I
1: always forget about that next thing until you brought it up. And I do remember it at the time. And, and, right. and yeah, it being kind of like a, eh, this it's going to work. Is he even going to play? And, and yeah, we, because we found out he, he didn't play. Right. It, was, it was over at that point. So,
0: yes, it was over at that point. And unfortunately, you know, post career, best known for, um, 2015, uh, where he collapsed at a brothel in Nevada. He suffered kidney failure, several heart attacks, and strokes. Was ended up being in a coma and placed on life support in a hospital. I mean, there were reports that he had passed away. I, yeah. mean, I think people thought mm-hmm. he was definitely going to die, um, but uh, you know, he was able to regain consciousness. And um, you know, reports are you know recently that he was you know doing quite a bit better. Um, he definitely had some you know fallout from that uh, situation uh, in terms of losing memory and and other things, but. Um, He's done interviews since then. It seems like you know. Hopefully, you know things are uh, better for him. I, I haven't really seen him in the uh, in the news uh, in more recent years. So hopefully, all all is good there. Yeah,
1: which which is probably a good thing that I don't know what he's doing right now, and I think that's probably right. a good thing. You know that we haven't heard of uh, from him since yeah. then. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, as as far as I know, he is he is doing a lot better. So that is that is good. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. Lamar Odom. We'll move on to our next person here, Eddie Jones. He plays for the Lakers from 1995 to 1999. Uh, then he plays for Miami from 2001 to 2005. And then again in 2007. Uh, so we'll start out here. Uh, selected 10th overall in the 1994 NBA draft. A quote from Jerry West at the time uh, says we wanted the best peer athlete available. And Eddie was too good to pass up. And yeah, it's a pretty f- interesting draft, a pretty good draft. And, and Jones will go on to finish second among the entire draft class in wind shares, trailing only Jason Kidd, which is, you know, <laughs> very, you know, trailing Jason Kidd's nothing to slouch at. He's a very, you know, Jason yeah. Kidd played a lot of years. It was, quote, very good. So uh, other notables uh, in that uh, draft, it's got Grant Hill, uh, Juan Howard, Danielle Marshall, Jalen Rose, Wesley Pearson, uh, or Leslie Pearson, uh, Aaron McKee, and Glenn Robinson, who's actually the first overall pick uh, as well. But, yeah, Eddie Jones finishes second among all those guys uh, in wind shares. And, uh, you know, he starts out his career you know the 9495 season has productive rookie year for the you know surprisingly competent lakers you know they they Uh, Go they win 48 games. They go to the Western Conference semifinals. You know, the year prior they had missed the playoffs for the first time since 1976. Uh, Kind of a weird year that, you know, that that year prior they had Randy Fun you know, as 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 their coach. And you know, Magic Johnson was their coach for what, you know, 15 games or 16 games or whatever it was. And, you know, 94-95 Del Harris comes in, brings stability to the team, gets them back in the playoffs, and, and gets them in the mix as a contender again. And it's a really fun, interesting team. It's kind of one of my favorite, you know, Lakers teams ever because, you know, you got Eddie Jones in there. He jumps into it. We're going to talk about a bunch of these other guys in this episode. Uh, Cedric Sabalas, he's on a team. Nick Van Exel, who we talked about in our prior episode. Uh, Vladi Divac is there. Uh, Eldon Campbell, you know, Sam Bowie is is kind of hanging out. Kurt Rambis is still there. It's like a very fun, interesting team, and they're they're I think a shockingly good team compared to uh, you know what what I think people think is you know hey when Shaq arrives, okay now the Lakers are good again. It's like no they were they were good like they were they were already pretty much there. It's just you know they needed a little bit of retooling and and, and you know sort of some extra talent there, but they were pretty damn good. Uh, Jones finishes fourth in rookie of the year and makes the all NBA, uh, rookie first team, uh, that year as well. Uh, then 94, 95, he becomes the, uh, the starting, the starting shooting guard. Uh, I have just 12.8 points per game. The Lakers push all the way to 53 wins. Magic Johnson returns. He plays for the team. Uh, they still lose in the first round. Uh, they lose to the, uh, defending and eventual repeat NBA champion Houston Rockets, which is, you know, nothing really to, to slouch at too much there, but, um. Yeah. Yeah, it, you uh, know, I, more, oh, sorry, more your, your, yeah, year prior the the Rockets had won. So they were defending, but not not the repeat champions. They defending right. repeated yes. champions, but they weren't the champions. Yeah, I misspoke there. They they're not winning the title in 95-96. obviously. That's the Bulls because Jordan's back. So
0: Yeah.
1: Um and then I and, should note here, oh sorry, go go ahead.
0: I was just I was gonna say, well, you know, the Sonics too, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, Finally yeah, advanced right, right. Past the first round after uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: George Carl so. finally yeah. stopped choking for once to uh, yep. to make yeah. it to uh, the finals where they could get destroyed by the Bulls. So uh, all, right. all right. 1996 offseason uh, after this year, Jones switches from the number 25 that he had previously uh, worn uh, to the maybe more familiar to most Viewers is Eddie Jones is number six uh, because the Lakers retired uh, 25 for Gail Goodrich that year. So they told him, hey, pick a new number because <laughs> Gail's got this number to put up in the rafters there. So uh, it's not the only change in the 1996 offseason for Jones and the Lakers, because uh, the big thing happens here. where uh re- very related to Lamar. He's going to a central point of all these things is that uh, they decide, hey, let's bring in Shaquille O'Neal. So they hi- acquire Shaquille O'Neal. They move out incumbent center Vlade Divac. They don't need him anymore. And they say, ah, let's take a chance on this high school kid, Kobe Bryant. Let's see what happens. Well, it ends up being pretty good. So uh, you might initially think, oh man, that's that. That's, that's it for Eddie Jones. He's done, but actually 90, 96, 97, his role act increases. He becomes the team's second leading scorer uh, at 17.2 points per game. He finishes top five in the league for steals per game. I'd uh, also make his first all-star game that year as well. Uh, the Lakers will jump up to 56 wins before they lose to the Utah jazz in the Western conference semifinals. Uh, 97 98 business as usual for Jones and the Lakers uh, Jones once again makes the all-star game he finishes on the uh, NBA all-defense second team Lakers win the uh, win 60 games for so the first time since 1990 uh, and Jones is pretty good as well he averages you know 16.9 points per game on the season but again the Lakers cannot get over the hump they lose to the Utah Jazz in the conference finals again And then that's kind of the last big-time year for for Eddie Jones as Kobe Bryant starting to emerge and and the Lakers are deciding that maybe they're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, We get to 98-99, lockout-shortened season here. Uh, Big change, though, as Jones, 20 games into the season, uh, is traded to the Charlotte Hornets along with Eldon Campbell, and they're traded for Glenn Rice, J.R. Reed, and B.J. Armstrong. I found an article here from uh, an L.A. uh, TV station that says it's a very difficult thing to trade such good players, and especially so when they're such quality people. That's a Jerry West quote. Uh, He says, "Button Glenn Rice, we uh, feel like we've acquired the best shooter in the NBA and also one of the league's best players. Uh, We feel this takes us one step closer to our ultimate goal of having an NBA championship team. Uh, There's a lot of trades that happened as well. Del Harris and and, and, well, just trades and and, and stuff going on as well. Del Harris is fired. He's launched almost 25% of the roster is moved as well, but you know, we don't really care about the Lakers anymore. We care about a Jones. We're talking about a Jones here. Uh, So he remains consistent in Charlotte's team doesn't make the playoffs, but he becomes a really good player becomes a kind of is a star on his own team in 99, you know, 2000, he averages a career high, 20, uh, 20 20.1 points per game, 4.2 assists per game. Uh, But it's not enough to get Charlotte to a contending status. And they're really just never like that good of a team uh, with Eddie Jones as their top guy. Uh, And in 2000, 2001, he comes home to his hometown team signs with the Miami heat it's technically a sign and trade because they send uh, Eddie Jones and Anthony Mason to Miami uh, for Jamal Mashburn and PJ Brown. So, again, another kind of big trade here with, you know, talented guys moving and, and, and talented guys moving from, you know, from team to team here. And um, everything's set up for this Heat team to be really, really good. You have Alonzo Mourning, you have Anthony Mason, you have Eddie Jones. Things look pretty good, uh, but everyone's kind of shocked by the, uh, the sudden departure of Alonzo Mourning, who's diagnosed with a, a, a rare kidney disorder. Uh, just before the season, so he's out, he doesn't play. Uh, and then Jones is still very good, he leads the Heat in scoring 17.4 points per game. The Heat win 50 games, they go to the playoffs, but they're swept uh, pretty early. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I know you remember this as well, I mean, that Heat team, there were high expectations for that team, you know, before Alonzo Morning's issues, and and, and and really felt like this was going to be a really good team, and they were a good team for years prior as well, and now they're adding even more talent there in, in Eddie Jones and Anthony Mason.
0: Yeah, and obviously two thousand, you know, it's a huge free agency class. That's you know, um that's Grant Hill and um Tracy McGrady, you know, uh Tim Duncan almost moves. I mean, that's a really big, you know, situation and morning was coming off of you know, I think he was like second or third MVP the previous yeah. year. Oh yeah, so.
1: he was amazing, yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, they they were absolutely primed to um, to have a big run. So and obviously, yeah, they win fifty games, but they actually lost to uh, Jones's former team with the uh, Hornets. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> so cool, and Anthony yeah. Mason, yeah, so uh, it, interesting, uh, interesting swap there. But um, yeah, definitely, this was that that was a team that really had um, you know uh, some fun expectations there.
1: And this is going to be. I don't want to say the last, I mean, 2001-2002 is probably the last great Eddie Jones year because he leads Miami in scoring again, 18.3 points per game. Unfortunately, at this point, the Heat missed the playoffs, and they kind of begin to rework the roster as well. Uh, and 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 Jones stays around for a few more years, kind of semi-insignificant years. 2004-2005 uh, is our next big uh, thing that we're going to talk about here. You know, a few uneven years in Miami, and the team makes a huge splash, uh, a little bit of a deja vu again as uh, center Brian Grant is traded uh, to Los Angeles uh, for Shaquille O'Neal. We, we talked about the deal a little bit earlier there. Uh, team also, you know, they have established, you know, second-year player, you know, Dwayne Wade as their lead guard. And Eddie Jones, who goes, ah, Shaq again, hi. <laughs> Hello, Shaquille, how are you? And uh, hopefully we're going to win some titles with you and me together. And it's like, yeah, yeah maybe. Well, we're going to win some titles, but I don't know if you're going to be there, <laughs> buddy, just like in LA. It's like, yeah, sure, sure, Eddie. Yeah, no, we're going to win titles for sure. Uh, so Jones uh, scoring, he dips, uh, becomes a more solid role-player player Outside shooting threat, the Heat win 59 games, as we mentioned, uh, but end up losing to Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then when it's like, all right, well, next year we'll go get him, buddy. And it's like, yeah, all right. Uh, No, that's not going to happen because 2005 offseason. Jones has moved to Memphis for James Posey and Jason Williams. Uh, And it's actually a ridiculous five team, 13 player trade. We talked about it a lot in our last episode as well. Just an ungodly, large trade. A lot of names get moved around. Uh, Jones plays solidly for Memphis first year, but his production really falls off a cliff. In uh, 2006, 2007, uh, he averages only 5.6 points per game. Eventually, in January 2007, he's waived. He rejoins Miami Heat, fresh off their NBA championships. Goes, all right, look, you guys won without me last year, but I'm here. I want this ring. I'm going to help you guys out. Uh, they get swept in the first round, so that doesn't work out very well. Then Jones, he ends his career. He yeah. has a one-year stint with the Dallas Mavericks, kind of an uneventful uh, one-year stint, and then he eventually retires. So that is it. Freddie Jones, unfortunately, never gets a title. Uh, always plays on a team before or after they're winning a championship so kind of yeah. rough
0: i i never would have guessed that he had a career 37 percent three point uh, well percent.
1: and i did want to note and make a note of that because like you know in the trade when they trade glenn rice it's like jerry west being like oh man we finally we finally have a good three-point shooter and it's like <laughs> yeah. he was like top five in the league when they traded him in three-point shooting and i'm like hey, you eddie eddie jones though like you have that already right and eddie jones is a really really good defender too it's like it's so weird and obviously in hindsight they end up winning a title with Glenn Rice but we're gonna talk about Glenn Rice in a little bit like it doesn't go very well in LA and you're like man you really should just kept Eddie Jones and see what happens there but you know maybe it wasn't Jones that was the difference maker there but yeah he's like a really good three-point shooter and they can't wait to get rid of him so they could bring in a three-point shooter in Glenn Rice and yeah Glenn Rice is better but it's not like you're trained like a guy who doesn't shoot threes or can't shoot threes at all. So it, it, it's pretty, uh, it's a very bizarre trade that the Lakers made. And obviously, it obviously worked because they yeah. won a the title with Glenn Rice, but still just pretty weird.
0: Yeah, I, I think some of it was financially motivated as well, because I think, you know, they they had to cut contracts because of the lockout. And, you know, because they were way over the cap as well. I, I think that was part of the motivation. Sure. Um But obviously, I think obviously they were retooling around um, Kobe and Shaq, and it worked out pretty well. So uh, I would say, yeah, I'd say the Kobe Shaq uh,
1: duo uh, ended up working out pretty well for
0: Los Angeles. uh, Maybe yeah, it's maybe a little bit of a hot take, but we'll we'll go, ahead
1: and <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. go with it. So, yeah, you know, draft some hot takes yes. in the middle of this episode. Let people react. You know,
0: see what All right, fair. Uh, so yes, uh, next we have Kron Butler, also involved uh, with the uh, Shikolo No Trade, as we talked about. Uh, played for Miami for two seasons, 03 and oh four seasons, and then Lakers just for one season. Uh, drafted tenth overall in the two thousand two draft by the Heat out of UConn. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, Butler, in addition to his basketball career, you know, best known for, uh, a few things. Um, one is habit of chewing on straws, which he uh, apparently picked up back when he played a U ball. Uh, apparently his, cho- his straws of choice are for McDonald's. I, I found this on Wikipedia. i <laughs> no reason to argue it. I think McDonald's straws from what i remember fairly solid straws so yeah they're, they're, they're decent straws yeah i'm, I'm yeah. a straw
1: chewer as well like i don't like play basketball <laughs> chewing on a straw like he did but right. I, I enjoy no. it. i enjoy a good you know when i'm done with the drink at a, at a you know at a fast food establishment i'll, I'll chew on the sure. straw until i get yelled at by my wife so okay it usually Fair lasts enough. about 10 minutes and then she goes oh my god stop and then i you know okay, yeah I, so i'm not addicted to it it's just you know i like doing yeah. it so well you know something that karon butler is addicted to Mountain Dew. Yeah, well, hey, kindred spirits yeah. there too. <laughs> like, I am yeah. basically Crown Butler, despite the fact <laughs> right. that I'm a slightly shorter and just a little bit worse at, at, at basketball than Crown Butler. But otherwise, we're though. pretty similar.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, both Midwesterners. You know, it uh, makes sense. You know, um, he's a Kenosha guy, right? Uh, a Racine. A Racine. Yeah, real close. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I've been to Racine before,
0: so yeah. There you go. We're, we're, yeah, we're one of the same. Two yeah, peas in yeah, a exactly. pod. Two, two peas in a pod. Yes. So. um, he said he uh yes drank 6-12 ounce, uh soda's a day. Uh would we'll wake up at <laughs> the middle of the night to have one. So <laughs> okay, I don't do one. that. Really? That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, so definitely there but in terms of NBA career, um, you know, 2003 uh, starts off really strong as a as a great rookie year named to the All Rookie First Team, uh, actually third I believe in um uh, and our rookie of the year voting uh, averaged 15.4 points, 5.1 rebounds, and also finished eighth in the league in steals as a rookie. So uh, the Heat, you know, rebuilding at that point, not not good as a team, as we discussed, but uh, definitely had a, a very strong uh, rookie campaign. Uh, next year fell off because of injuries, only averaged 9.2 uh, points per game in fewer minutes. Uh, the Heat had greater team success, as we mentioned. Of course, Dwayne Wade and Lamar Odom coming in, um, and a new coach, Stan Van Gundy, replacing Pat Riley. Uh, and they uh, sent the uh, uh, New Orleans Hornets out of the Eastern Conference with a uh, first round upset. That, that was the uh, the Hornets uh, uh, by losing that. Uh, oh right, by, yeah, yeah. By losing that series, they had to uh, leave the Eastern Conference. <laughs> out- right. They had to uh, go. Away. Never came back. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah They haven't. They have never come back since. Yeah. What a what a, yeah, man. Who, who knew? I mean, nobody knew at that time how right. monumental uh, that series was. But you know,
0: right yeah i'm not sure how they ended up moving back to charlotte because of course you know they're the the charlotte (laughs) Hornets. so that works confusing to me but i'm not gonna bother looking it up because you know i'm sure there's a very easy explanation
1: for whatever's going on that we can Uh, find uh, that makes
0: sense yeah yeah so yeah there was that one year gap for the hornets franchise. i don't know it's confusing i'm not gonna look it up
1: discover garcia handpicked Cannabis inspired by the life and legacy of Jerry Garcia, curated by the Garcia family, with an experience that's spontaneous, harmonious, and brings people together the way only Jerry could. Premium hand-cured flower, eco-friendly joint packs that are full of surprises, and gummies molded in the shape of Jerry's guitar picks. Pick some up at your favorite
0: dispensary, then head on over to GarciaHandpicked.com to pair it with our playlist. Opt for fun with Garcia Handpicked. Um, yes, then he uh ends up going, of course, in, in the, the trade, aforementioned Shaq trade to the Lakers. Uh we discussed the turmoil of that season above, but he personally had a very good bounce back season, averaged fifteen point five points per game, improved his true shooting percentage from about uh four hundred to five twenty-nine. So significant improvement there. Um and uh however the uh Lakers decide, well, we need a big man, so we are going to trade uh uh, Karan and Chucky Atkins to the Wizards for former number one pick Kwame Brown. He's going to be the uh, answer to uh, their their prayers as a big man. Also, they get Laron Profitt, uh And uh, Butler, who would uh, receive his tough juice nickname from Coach Eddie Jordan, blossom into an all-star. And the Wizards add basically their first sustained success in about 25 years with the triumvirate, again, of uh, Butler, Gilbert Arenas, and Anton Jameson, as we discussed before. And, you know, that lasts up until about the 2010 season, um Butler makes two all star games during that time. Um but uh things end up kinda of going poorly there in the end. Not really because of Butler, but more uh with uh injuries and with uh, or some questionable behavior from arenas.
1: <laughs> some shooties, some some yes. guns in the locker room, right? Some gambling <laughs> and some you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gun motions so, uh,
1: and yeah, just a lot of, a lot of stuff relating to guns <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it became an uh, issue. So.
0: Right. Yes. So, um, yes. So Butler in, uh, February, 2010 ends up being traded to the Dallas Mavericks, along with Brendan Haywood and Deshaun Stevenson for Josh Howard, Drew Gooden, James Singleton, and Quentin Ross. And, uh, you would not have thought that would have been a particularly important trade, but ends up that ends up helping, uh, boost the Mavericks into, uh, their 2011, uh, franchise, uh, when you know stevenson and haywood are pretty important players there butler ended up w- winning a ring with the mavericks but unfortunately for him missed most of the uh, season with the uh, second half season with injury uh yeah. so yeah i, I don't know. think
1: anybody would have ever expected brendan haywood and deshaun stevenson to be like the key part, uh, part right. of that deal uh, to yeah. put him over the hump but it absolutely was like yeah karan butler i always forget he's on that team it's like kind of like Peja Starjakovic, where i forget uh that he's on that team and and the big reason yeah. why karan butler is because yeah i mean Peja was playing but karan was kind of there. He's kind of played. You know, he played a few games here and there, and, and wasn't very important. But yeah, Haywood was really important, and Sean Stevenson was tremendously important to that team. So yeah, what a great deal that all three of those players, you know, in in some way, shape, or form, played a role. But particularly the two kind of throw-ins on the trade end up being more important than even the you know the the lead guy. uh So yeah, just a just a, a a pretty at least he got his ring. Hey, that's all that matters, right?
0: Hey, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there there are a lot of guys on that team. Um, uh, then, yeah, kind of bounces around the league after that. Um, That's one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he uh, plays a uh, – ends up playing a, a couple years with the Clippers. Um, and they, they start to have some team success there, of course, you know, in the uh, CP3 era. Sort of brought in as you know, kind of a role player there and, and and does that fairly well. Uh, then ends up uh, – is traded to the Suns but doesn't actually play there. Uh, they, it was the, the J.J. Redick uh, – in infamous deal kind of at the time. Right. Uh, So
1: I think got moved in that deal too. Right.
0: You you are, you're correct. Um, and the, uh, that ends up going to the Bucks. So home hometown of, uh, well near his hometown in Wisconsin. Uh, but that ends up being short lived, uh, goes to the, uh, goes to the thunder, then the, uh, pistons, uh, is traded to the Bucks again, but doesn't play the second time, and then ends up uh, ending his career with 17 games with the uh, with the Sacramento Kings, who are just looking for veteran guys <laughs> to fill out the roster. So, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's about it. Um, you know, I didn't really get a chance to look at whether he he wrote a book about his life um, after his career. I've not read that book. After. Oh, I haven't either. Yeah,
1: I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Also uh, yeah. check that out. I'm actually I'm very right. interested in this Mountain Dew addiction that I, I actually want to because I. I I'm a big fan of like anytime Mountain Dew makes a new flavor. Like I'm not addicted to Mountain Dew anymore because I'm like an adult now. So I don't try right, it yeah. very often because it's like disgusting and sweet and, yeah. and stuff, but I am addicted to like. When Mountain Dew has a new flavor, that they, like they'll bring out like a Christmas flavor or a Halloween flavor or like <laughs> different. I, I have to buy them, I have to find them. And it's like a hunt where I have to find these things and buy them and drink them. And like, I don't enjoy drinking them really anymore. Like, it, it's sort of like something I have to do. But you know, I, I want to talk to Cron Butler about that possibly. So I might, uh,
0: what? If, see if we can get him on the show. You know, it's possible. I might uh, uh, yeah. hit up at
1: Real Tough Juice and see, you know, what he's, uh, what he's got right. going on. So see if he wants yeah. to have uh, some of this. Uh, I got, I got a uh, one of the Halloween Mountain Dews in the fridge right now. So. And crack it open yeah, together and discuss it.
0: <laughs> apparently, uh so um Butler, he worked at Burger King as as a kid, um, and now owns six of the uh, restaurants across the United States. So perhaps now Burger King. I'm sure he's
1: chewing Burger King straws right. now. Of course, yeah, right? Of Come course. On, it's got to be a yeah, brand. Right. He's like, oh, I hate those McDonald's straws, but
0: yeah, Burger, But, yeah. I'll tell you, but I,
1: if I do remember correctly, I'll Burger King you. straws are like real big and thick. Like I don't know if those would be good chew straws, but maybe, you
0: know. maybe not. They're good shake straws though.
1: They are fantastic shake straws, man. Yeah. I, mean, right. I haven't eaten dinner yet. So,
0: now. So, you're not helping. <laughs> All right, you're not helping my About plan of having
1: a salad while I watch the NBA finals. Which uh, is, is not, eh, doesn't sound great, but we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, see how it goes. yeah. All right. All right, let's talk about Glenn Rice here. Oh, man, Rice. Oh, that's good. This
0: doesn't work best. at all.
1: Rice. Right. Let's <laughs> talk about something else. Uh, Glenn yeah. Rice, he plays with Miami from 1990 to 1995 and also the Los Angeles Lakers from 1999 to 2000. Uh, he's drafted in 1989 as the fourth overall pick by the second year Miami Heat. Uh, at that point, he starts 60 games his rookie year. Uh, averages 13.6 points per game on a Miami Heat team kind of, quote, led uh, by Sherman Douglas and Ronnie Cycli. They uh, aren't really led by anybody because they uh, lose a lot. Uh, they win only 18 games in that year. But Rice does make uh, the all rookie team. And by 1991, he's already pretty much a full fledged star. He increases his scoring to 17.4 points per game. Miami Heat. They, you know, they still stink, but at least they finally have a guy that can build around a young player, a good young player that feels like this guy is going to be the cornerstone of this franchise. And he does become that in 91, 92 you know, career year. He becomes the go to guy in his team. His scoring rise to 22.3 points per game. I shoots nearly 40 percent from the three point line. 155 threes on the year. A lot of big threes coming out from Glenn Rice there. That's second best in the league. It's unbelievable at 155 threes in a single year is second best in the league when it's literally like a week of, you know, of James Harden these days, or, you know, just a one playoff series of James Harden is, is, is essentially in that, in that realm uh, there, but that's uh, good for second best in the league for the entire year. Uh Best of all, Miami finally makes the playoffs. They do it, you know, only winning 38 games to go 38 and 44, but Hey, they'll take it first time in franchise history. Uh Again, they're swept by the bulls very easily because they stink and the bulls are good, but Hey, it's a playoff. Hey. But it, it, they make the playoffs that not that far into the, you know, the 1988, they come into the league and you know by 1992, they're in the playoffs. That's not bad. That's an okay turnaround. Sure. All those second round picks they acquired. That's, that's what did it. So uh, yeah, it exactly. didn't take UA a blob, but posture. they made it to the finals. So, Hey, there you go. Hey, Good for them, I also love the ridiculousness of the Dallas Mavericks being like, "Whoa, don't take our players! It's like you guys stink!"
0: <laughs> like, oh I, no, no, don't take I, our players! Yeah, <laughs> actually, by then the Mavericks were good. They, Eighty-eight, that was the year they made the Western. Oh, that's finals. true. Yeah, you're right. They yeah. were still.
1: Yeah, it wasn't until later. Well, yeah. you know, they should have. maybe got. Rid of, you're right. I, I I do want to not just. Dis- you smirched the, the Mavericks yeah. of the time. By this point, by 1992, they stink though. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were they But really by, by, yeah. you're right. By 88, they were still pretty yeah. good. So sorry, right. Bill. Sorry, UA. Sorry, Steve Alfred. Yeah. So
0: they probably could have taken UA and probably things would have been fine. But, <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I understand. You know.
1: Uh, all right. Let's go to ninety two ninety three here. A down year for Rice and the Heat. Uh, they regressed to 36 wins. They missed the playoffs. And Rice's scoring falls below 20 as they're trying to get Ronnie Cycli more involved in the offense. You need to get sure. Ronnie Cycli more got touches. You have to give
0: the ball to Ronnie Cycli, that low post threat. You got to do right. it.
1: Yeah, You can't yeah. have Glenn Rice shooting all these threes. It's not going to work. No. <laughs> you, need, no. you need a big white guy in the paint. And that's what they decided with Ronnie Cycli. It's, it's going right. to work. So. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work. They miss the playoffs. Uh, Rice he falls back a little bit. Ninety three, ninety four. They go all right. You know, Glenn starts scoring again. He has twenty one uh, one points per game, uh, and the team's getting pretty good too. You got fellow sharpshooter, you know, Steve Smith. You got Ronnie Cicley, Grant Long, Harold Miner. Baby Jordan comes into the fold, so you got yeah. him as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have right. Michael Jordan, but you got the closest thing is, you know, non union Mexican equivalent, Harold Miner. Yeah. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, so the, he'd have their. Uh, I, how many people? Right, people get that. That's Simpson's joke. You get that one right.
0: I, I do get it yes. okay
1: I, I wonder how many i wonder if there's like kids that listen that have no idea you know oh
0: a, i'm sure there are yeah well i mean in fairness i don't think there's a lot of kids who listen to the show because i don't think there's a whole lot of kids who are <laughs> interested like, you know, um pre 1990s nba <laughs> well you know?
1: they're stupid they should be listening they well, get educated I mean, they, kids they
0: should, yeah get off your yeah, tiktoks kids. you know yeah yeah
1: get off your PUBG and your Fortnite and start listening to two dweebs talk about <laughs> old nba players <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> learn something. Anyway, um, yeah. they have their first winning record in franchise history this year. 42 and 40. Yeah, it's only two games, yeah. over, but you'll take it because yeah. you're an expansion team. Uh, so uh, Rice comes out of the gate uh, with some really good early months of the season as well. He has a really, really good game. 38-point, 16-rebound game against the Boston Celtics on November 26th, uh, 1993. But uh, really an all-around good year for Rice and the Miami Heat. But unfortunately, they would lose to the Hawks in the first round. But hey, there's progress. <laughs> Or sort of. So 1994-95, the beginning of the end for Rice in Miami, unfortunately. Uh, Rice does well. He scores 22.3 points per game, plays all 82 games. He wins the NBA three-point contest, defeating Reggie Miller. Thank God somebody beats me to Reggie Miller. Anytime Reggie Miller loses, it is a good thing for the world. Uh, His most famous game of the year comes as well. Uh, He goes against Orlando. He scores a career-high 56 points per game on 20 of 27 shooting, including 7 of 8 from 3. Just kind of an all-time great uh, scoring output there. Uh, career high uh, for Rice only broke, uh, you know, career high points and the, and the shooting from three as well. Career high for, for Rice. He, he would eventually break in 1999 when he would go eight from 10 uh, from the field in a playoff game against the Portland Trailblazers. But still a fantastic game uh, for Glenn Rice there. Uh, 1995 offseason, a lot of change comes, though. The Heat bring in Pat Riley as their coach and GM. And one of his first moves is sending Glenn Rice to the Charlotte Hornets for uh, the aforementioned Alonzo Mourning. Uh, rice plays great for the Hornets. He makes the all-star team in each of his three years. there, uh, including a career high 26.8 points per game in 1997. Uh, He'd also lead the NBA in three point shooting in 96, 97 with a crazy 47% from three, even though he shot, he shot 5.6 threes per game. So it's not like this guy's only shooting two or three, you know, shots a game and hitting half of them 5.6, you know, threes a game and shooting 47% from the field is really good. He really should have taken like a lot more threes. (laughs) Like that would have maybe been a better idea, but Hey, it worked out anyway. Uh, He wins all-star game MVP at 96, 97 as well.
0: But oh yeah, go ahead. Are you surprised, as you allude to here, that um, the only All Star appearances that Glenn Rice made in his career with the Hornets, he never made the All Star team with the uh, Heat?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. Like, there's a lot of really good years he has with the Heat, and it doesn't happen. And and yeah, scoring you know jumps up a bit with the Hornets, but yeah, you would have sure. thought with the Heat, yeah, he would have been. I mean, he did kind of yeah. emerge as like the star of star of uh, of that team, but yeah. like he was a big deal but, in Miami yeah. as well. But yeah, it right. is very strange.
0: Yeah, yes, so try to interrupt, but it's no, no, no,
1: you're absolutely serious. right. It yeah. is kind of weird that, yeah, he immediately goes to the Hornets. It's like, hey, this guy's an all star. It's like, oh, OK, like he's been pretty good for before. So, uh, yeah, and he's a really good player at this time. But again, in 98, 99, he has traded. He's once again on the move uh, this time. Familiar names. He is sent to Los Angeles for Eddie Jones and Eldon Campbell, as we mentioned. Uh, and he would fit in perfectly with the Lakers as kind of the slick shooting third wheel uh, of the Lakers. Big three with Shaq and Kobe. Uh, the Spurs sweep the Lakers in the 99 playoffs, but the building blocks are there. And in 99-2000, it all comes together. Phil Jackson is brought in to coach the team. And they're off to the races. Rice starts 80 games. He averages 15.9 points per game. The Lakers win 67 games. They go to the NBA championship. Rice shoots 41% from three in the playoffs. Fills in wherever he's needed. When Kobe's you know has an injury, Rice can fill in perfectly as the number two guy. Shaq's incredible. You can't really stop him. It's just a perfect fit for everybody. On uh, NBA Finals, Rice averages 11.5 points per game. Uh, and chips in 16 points in the series clinching game against Indiana. So you're thinking, man, this is good. We're good to go. Glenn Rice, big three Lakers. Eh, things are not so rosy. There are issues all year with Rice, Jackson, and Lakers GM Jerry West. Uh, first off, Rice did not want the Lakers to exercise his player option for that year. He had a $7 million player option. He wanted to become a free agent, get as much money as he could on the open market. They exercise his player option and things pretty much never get back on track there. Uh, There's an LA Times article about this as well. I'll just quote here. It says uh, though we remain publicly neutral about his status with the Lakers and his earned praise for his focused mindset as trade rumors percolate. Uh, Glenn Rice has given his teammates and Lakers executives little doubts. If he is not traded this season, the 32 year old forward has no intention of returning to the Lakers once his contract expires in June, according to several team and league sources. Uh, this is a quote from Rice. He says, this is a situation. What I've been doing this far is, hey, whatever happens, happens. I haven't reached a decision on that. I haven't really been thinking about that. I haven't told them that. I haven't told them that. I'm fitting in. We're winning. We're having a good time. I'm just going out there and doing what I can do for the team. Uh, the Lakers as well have no intention of giving rice anywhere near the $14 million a season maximum deal that he and agent David Falk uh, have suggested he's worth. Uh, in the past, his right uh, rice has also said that he would prefer to play closer to his home in Miami. So Glenn Rice is on the move again and we got ourselves a big old trade here. Are you ready for this one? Oh, I am ready. Okay. He does not go to Miami. Instead, Glenn Rice goes to the New York Knicks. So it's a four-team trade, September twentieth, 2000. Glenn Rice is traded by the Los Angeles Lakers with Travis Knight and a 2001 first-round pick. Jamal Tinsley eventually is the one picked there. Uh, to the New York Knicks, uh, the New York Knicks trade Chris Dudley and a 2001 first-round pick, Jason Collins, to the Phoenix Suns. And this is, of course, this trade you mentioned a little bit earlier. The New York Knicks trade Patrick Ewing to the Seattle Supersonics. The Phoenix Suns trade Luke Longley to the New York Knicks. And the Seattle Supersonics trade Emmanuel Davis, Greg Foster, Horace Grant, and Chuck Person to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, there's another one here. The Los Angeles Supersonics (laughs) traded Larazzo Burrell. There were so many of these trades. Why were they all the rage this time? Why was it? Every trade was like, hey, can we get seven teams involved in this and 47 players? Yeah, sure. Let's do this. Like, good Lord. Just go for it. God, I I mean, I love talking about it, but God, like, why do these things have to happen so much? Uh, Lazaro Burrell, uh, Vernon Maxwell, Vladimir Stepani, and a 2001 second round pick. Somebody you don't have never heard of. Uh, and another person you haven't heard of and eventually cream rush as well. So those all those those a bunch of picks go to the New York Knicks in exchange for Patrick Ewing because the Phoenix uh, the Supersonics need some Patrick Ewing. So they give up some first round picks and um, uh, some players as well. And it's really the last gasp, unfortunately, for Rice's career, which stinks, because like we're talking about a guy who was a three time all star in Charlotte, a really good player in Miami. A guy that fits in as a perfect role player in Los Angeles. He thinks he's getting big time money. He wants to be a free agent. And this is pretty much it. He plays well in the Knicks, uh, 12 points per game, but really the age and the injuries start to pile up. Uh, he'd go and spend two more years on the Rockets after the Knicks. Never really, really find a role on the, on the pretty talented team with, you know, obviously Steve Francis and, you know, Katino Mobley and eventually Yao Ming and all those guys, but he never really kind of emerges. Uh, he plays one final season with the Los Angeles Clippers, which I could not believe actually existed until I looked it up. Uh, and his final game, ironically enough, uh, February 18th, 2004 against the Los Angeles Lakers. So yeah. that's Glenn Rice. And of course uh, the famous story that I think everybody kind of, or most people might remember from uh Glenn Rice or I guess maybe you remember uh, many many years ago I don't know if I remember this story in in a long time until I saw it again uh, that he had a uh, apparently a relationship and affair uh, with former vice president hopeful Sarah Palin back in 1987 so he said it happened I forget if she ever did I forget whatever happened but who cares I'm just glad we don't have to talk about Sarah Palin anymore now we've moved Uh, on to you know bigger and better things with <laughs> oh, yeah. american politics yeah. you know? that's, that's like, <laughs> it's like remember when it was yeah. like man this vice president candidate uh, she doesn't sound very smart i'm not sure i yeah. like this and that was like our biggest thing of like you know geez i don't know if she's fit to be a vice president and it's like yeah. oh god <laughs> little little did we know what was coming ahead so yes we're, um, we're hoping, we'd be hoping and praying for someone like i not really hoping and praying but you know
0: Speaking of uh, presidents, uh, Brian Grant, who has not <laughs> ever been or will or probably will not be become president who knows I, you Maybe know d- dude yeah. if you would have told me
1: you don't know that you don't know that Brian Grant can't become president yeah like, you know, I, know. Anything I, can I happen.
0: <laughs> I'm not trying to say that he can't become president but yeah he has not been president as far as I know it's you know I, as of grasp- this recording he has
1: not no as as yeah. of this recording the moment that we're recording he has he has not become yeah president.
0: I mean my grasp of U.S. history it may be not be the best but I you know I do not recall him being a former president, but. He uh, grew up uh, in Southeast Ohio, and he is known as the general for having the same hometown as Ulysses S. Grant. So fantastic. Yeah. One of Ohio's, uh, well, one of Ohio's presidents. I, I, I was, I was going to say one of Ohio's great presidents. But, yeah, we um we we have a lot of presidents from Ohio, but, but not really any any of the good ones. So <laughs> a bit. unfortunately, so. Uh,
1: Brian so, Grant. Who, who are the Ohio presidents? Hold on a minute. Let's see. Uh,
0: okay, let's see. There's... Do you know McKinley. off the top of your head? Is this going like in uh, school? Do you have what,
1: to learn all these guys?
0: There, there's eight. Um, let's see. There's McKinley. There's Taft. Mm. Uh, there's Harding. Oh, boy. Um, I think Garfield was from oh, Ohio. Yeah. This is um, a good all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, two of them were assassinated, so... Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. This isn't good. Yeah, a lot of shootings, a lot of deaths. Right, yeah. Henry... Oh, oh, okay, so yeah, William Henry oh, yeah. Harrison...
0: Yeah, I forgot Taft. Uh oh, William Henry Harrison. Okay, I didn't realize rutherford B. um Hayes.
1: Yeah, that's not a great Harrison, lineup. Right? I'll be honest.
0: Yeah, Hayes, Benjamin Harrison, um McKinley as you mentioned, uh William Howard Taft. That's who I forgot. Yeah. Warren um Warren Harding, Harding. Warren so Harding, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I thought there were eight, but I only see seven. So I got Harrison,
1: that. Grant, rutherford B. Hayes, Garfield, Harrison, McKinley, Taft, and Harding. So there there is eight. Yeah.
0: Not great. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
1: yeah, that stinks. I, yeah, I not, see why they haven't uh, given you guys any of them since 1923,
0: because you know. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's not, not great. <laughs> it's now, well. not, and now, in fairness, I, I don't. You know, obviously, you're, you've been from Illinois, like the the whole land of Lincoln thing. Like, oh, I it's mean, lame as
1: hell. No, I, I hate it. Right. It's, it's yeah, I it's mean, like yeah, he yeah, barely, like, like Kentucky, come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Like,
1: no, and it's for, uh, it's like on our license plates. If you right. go to like Springfield, there's the giant. It's yeah, I agree. It's lame. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to own, uh, the Abraham Lincoln
0: okay. thing. So fair enough. I do, I'm sure there are other presidents from Illinois, right? right. Or, should, should, uh, yeah,
1: well, I mean, Barack Obama or, was from there. He's...
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was okay.
1: Um, I think that's it, man. Oh, Ronald okay. Reagan, I guess is technically from, um, Illinois as well.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. Dixon, Illinois. Uh, but you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway. Um, we got, um, Uh, Brian Grant, who is much more fun to talk about. Yes, let's Um, talk about Brian
1: Grant. It's much better uh, than US uh, politics. For sure.
0: Yeah. It is drafted eighth overall by the Sacramento Kings in the 1994 draft. Finished on the all rookie first team. Actually got one vote for rookie of the year. That was (laughs) the uh, Jason Kidd. come on. That's a bad guy. Well, you know, I mean, the the Kings beat writers, got to, you know, vote for his guy, I guess, you know. I like Brian Grant. Um, That's a
1: terrible pick, though. Come on. What are you doing?
0: Well, I mean, you know, come on. It's rookie of the year. Who cares? Um, I, t- I guess, honestly, yeah. I guess, Jason, clearly had- me, Jason. Clearly me. No, no, oh, yeah, no I well, I guess I didn't really think about it. But if if the whoever voted for Brian Grant hadn't voted for Brian Grant, we probably wouldn't have had a shared rookie of the year. I'm guessing they would have probably voted for um, either Kidder or, or, um, or Grant. So, or, yeah, Grant Hill. No, not Brian Grant. A little confusing. Um Anyway. Uh, yes. So uh, in 1996, he helped lead the Kings to the, their first playoff appearances, 1986, which would have been, was their first year in Sacramento. So over a decade, they had a uh, playoffless streak, uh, 39 and 43. They had an expected win-loss of, of uh, 33 <laughs> to 49, so they overachieved. Gary it St. Jane getting the,
1: getting, the, getting the max out of that team. That's incredible. yeah.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So we've got we got richman you know, obviously Mitch Trishman, you know, very good player. Uh we've got Tyus Edney. We've got Brian Grant, you know, great, you know, Brian Grant, you know, energy guy, great, great rebounder, good defender, yeah, yeah. you know, Iowa player, you know, not big numbers, but yeah, but but good guy. Uh we got Walt Williams, you know. Um, we got Olden Polonius. we got Billy Owens, we got Michael Smith, we've got uh Sarunas um Marcellonis. we got Tyrone Corbin, we got Lionel Simmons. Um, what's Lionel Simmons' nickname? He's got a great nickname. I'm uh, I'm blanking. Ooh, I don't know if I know. My head. The L- He's the L train, that's right. Oh, hell yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, Bobby Hurley. Yeah, um, I remember
1: Bobby Hurley on those teams. Yeah,
0: uh, Dwayne Coswell, uh, Kevin Gamble, Corliss <laughs> Williamson, uh, Byron Houston, and Clint McDaniel. So, illustrious crew there. Uh, the uh, the 96 uh, Sacramento Kings. Um, so fun times are that. Yeah, the only playoff team between, I believe, uh, between uh 86 and uh, 99 before yeah. the three uh, yeah. years so <laughs> yeah so if you take uh, out yeah those four if you take out like the this or we're, we're gonna have to dig in here um uh, well let's get to the brian Gray before we um disparage the uh, second amendment oh are you um, trying to take out the weber so and
1: you know, Stoyakovich years because i'm down because yeah, then so they take, stick we, all
0: right, well, let's, <laughs> let's do it. okay so if we take out the if you take out the Weber and Stonakovichers, which, you know, obviously that is a um you know eight year period. But if you if you don't include that, they made the playoffs twice in Ooh, like yeah, twenty five years or so. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, as the actual Sacramento Kings, like yeah, it you got nineteen eighty six, right. nineteen ninety six, and yeah. <laughs> That's how things have gone since then. So yeah, it, it's all their fifty win seasons as a franchise all came in like a four year stretch, and they haven't even come remotely close since then. Not even cl- Not even like you know, two years ago they had thirty nine wins, and that was like, hey, here we go, man, let's go. It's just, it's really really bad there in Sacramento. Yeah, I'm I right think they tie the record
0: him miss the playoffs next season if oh. I, uh, for a call. Hey, congratulations! So, so.
1: yeah, yes. the coaches, so. the the. the God, the body count here Eric Musselman, Reggie Theus, Kelvin Nat, or, or I forget what was his name. It wasn't Kelvin Nat, Kenny Nat, Kenny Nat, uh, Paul yeah. Westfall, Keith oh. Smart, Michael Malone, Ty Corbin, George Carl, Dave Yeager, Luke Walton. Oh man, yeah.
0: <laughs> what all a right, body
1: count there. Jeez.
0: yeah, yeah, one year of Eddie Jordan. I forgot about the, oh, yeah, of, of Eddie. course, yeah. Jordan. yeah, yeah, um. Anyway, so back to uh, Brian Grant. We keep getting distracted um, because it's been a day. Uh, he left the uh, Kings, uh, had an injury plagued 97 season. signed a, a pretty big contract with the uh, Blazers uh, where he was a starter in his first two seasons, but took a bench role once they signed uh, Scottie Pippen, uh, ended up being used as a key defensive specialist in the playoffs against Carl uh, Malone and Kevin Garnett in the series that the uh, Blazers won. Unfortunately, the Blazers infamously lost a double-digit lead in Game 7 against the Lakers to uh, miss out on a chance of going to the Finals. Um, Grant also won the Wal- the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award in 1999. So, very nice honor. Then Grant ended up signing a seven-year, $86 million yeah, deal. good lord. Get a, paid, uh, Brian. One. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I guess maybe whoever his agent, you know, then rice should have gotten his agent yeah jeez yeah. man and, and it, i looked at that money so, i mean
1: i have no issue with you know player getting paid what he's worth but sure. good right.
0: god that is <laughs> like, that's a, lot of, dope. Yeah. That's a yeah.
1: lot of dough that's a lot of dough for uh, you know brian grant when you already yeah. have alonzo morning well, but <laughs>
0: right yeah well those seven-year contracts you know that, that was back you know during the time before they went down to just just five-year maxes. that um yeah those were i mean the amount obviously was a lot but the, the length on those was definitely yeah yeah, uh, yeah for sure it is it, a remarkable thing uh to see now Yeah. Yeah, uh, but as you mentioned, you know was you know they, this was a big you know uh, free agent class. They got Morning, they got Eddie Jones and Anthony Mason. Um, but you know Morning's uh, injury or, or kidney disease, uh, Grant actually steps in, plays pretty well at center. You know he's kind of an undersized center, especially for the time. But um, you know averages fifteen point two points per game, eight point six rebounds per game for a fifty win team. He kind of fall off on the next two seasons before embarking on a rebuilding campaign. They get Dwyane Wade. Uh, we've already kind of talked about that in with the other guys. And then that one year with the Lakers, not really, uh, doesn't do much, kind of falls off. Um, his production is missed fall off of the Lakers. He ends up being released in the offseason, signs with the Suns and plays 20. 20- won games for them before uh, retiring. Later is revealed that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He went public with that in two thousand and nine, uh, and was included, in fact, in the trade that sent Rajon Rondo's draft rights to the uh, Celtics. So he yes. was able to save Robert Sarver a little money. Yeah, so at all time, uh, at
1: all time, Robert Sarver wants to save like a yeah. you
0: know, five hundred thousand dollars deal, right? And ends yeah. up losing yeah. out
1: on, on Rajon Rondo. So perfect, yeah. yeah, just just perfect, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, an interesting career for for Brian Grant. I, 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 a guy that was very like memorable because like, how do you not forget like when anytime you saw him play, you like jumped off the
0: page. He's right. Got, lots of energy. Yeah. yeah lots big of, energy, uh, lots of hair, lots of, you know, just, right. uh, Yeah, just yeah. he's always
1: involved in everything. He's always like falling on the floor and getting a rebound and getting a loose ball or whatever. And yeah, you look it's at his career, well, like yeah. not a right. super significant career, but a guy that I will never forget watching play for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, kind of like um I'm obviously not nearly as good, but kind of like the Dennis Rodman type energy, you yeah, know, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that's so sort of template, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so he, um, you know, he's uh, known after his career uh, for his children work for Parkinson's disease, and he has seven children. So yeah, good for him. I found he's it. got a lot of money. He's got a big house, I'm sure. Yeah. To, to house yeah. them all in. So that's good there for him. Go. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a seven-year deal, seven kids. You know, I, uh, that works. Uh,
1: all right, we'll move on to our next guy here, Cedric Sabalos, 1995-97. He is a Laker. 2001, he is a Miami Heat. Yes, he played for the Heat. I know. I barely remember it as well, yeah. and you probably don't either. Uh, well, I know you tweeted out a picture of him earlier uh, and I was like, who the hell is? That? I'm like, is that Cedric ball right. on the Heat? Yeah. And yes, it's true. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Uh, right. Second round pick, 1990 NBA draft, a great value for the Phoenix Suns at this time. Uh, he has the eighth most win shares among players in that draft, uh, trailing only Gary Payton, Derek Coleman, Eldon Campbell, Tony Kukoc, Antonio Davis, Tyrone Hill, and Kendall Gill. Uh, but again, not a bad value for a really good Suns team to get You know, a productive player in the second round. He immediately kind of steps up. He becomes a big t- part of that team. He's a part of, of course, the 1993 finals team. Uh, he's probably most famous in his early years is winning the 1992 slam dunk contest with his blindfold dunk.
0: Oh, yes, that's and, uh, right.
1: I, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to relitigate the 1992 slam dunk contest, but uh, I don't know what your thoughts uh, I, are on the, uh, the, uh, you in know, the blindfold dunk.
0: I would require a rewatch on that because I my memory of uh, that is uh, is not strong. It's so.
1: so it's so he does like one dunk and he's like nowhere near. It. He's just like, oh, man, where's the basket? And then the next time he just goes and immediately hits it. It's like perfect. Right. You know, yeah. he does one want to jumps like 14 feet too early and goes, oh, that's not where the basket is. <laughs> like Oh, my. Well, let's see about this. If this is where the basket is, he just does a perfect dunk with the blindfold. So I don't know. We'll have to. I'll have to relitigate that All at right. some point, but uh yeah. that's right. not, that's not important. He gets a breakout year in 1983, 94, he gets 19.1 points per game and he's on the move. The Phoenix Suns are kind of rebuilding a little bit and the Los Angeles Lakers are looking to get themselves some Cedric Sabalas uh, and it works because uh September 23rd, 1994, he's traded by the Phoenix Suns to the Los Angeles Lakers for a 1995 first round draft pick. That first round pick ends up being Michael Finley. Interesting enough. So a pretty good uh, uh trade there for, for both teams really. And, uh, He's really, you know, he's Cedric more than anything is ready for a star role uh, on the Lakers and an interesting little wrinkle as well. This comes from the NBA Trades Tumblr blog, who we always put over because they do just an incredible job. Uh, but but um, here's a, 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 you know, a, a little bit of a news article here. Uh, it says the 6-6 forward from Cal State Fullerton and the Lakers agreed on a restructured contract. That allowed the trade to be accepted by the NBA league office. Ballas gave back three hundred fifty thousand dollars of his two point one million dollars salary to fit into the Lakers' one point seven five million salary slot. Uh, the Lakers would return the final three hundred fifty thousand dollars over the final three contract, a uh, final three years. Uh, of his contract as well. So pretty interesting uh, (laughs) little wrinkle there. But uh, yeah, uh, Cedric continues to be great with the Lakers. 94-95, he continues his career renaissance. He averages 23.5 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, two assists per game uh, over his first 26 games as a Laker. He puts up 50 on the Timberwolves, December 20th, 1994. And he's named to his first uh, NBA All-Star game uh, as well. He ended up uh, hurting his thumb, so he actually did not play in the game, uh, but ended up uh, finishing the year at 21.7 points per game and eight rebounds per game. But the weirdness is going to begin with the next year, 1995-96. Los Angeles has pretty high expectations with Sabalas. you know, obviously is one of their top stars. We mentioned the team as well. You got Nick Van Exel, you got Eddie Jones, you got other talented players up and down the team. But Seger Sabalas disappears from the Lakers in late March after playing only 12 minutes in a March 19th, 1996 game against the Sonics. Uh, Sabalas does not make the charter flight for the following game on the road against the Sonics. Uh, he does not return several calls from team officials for four entire ga- uh, days. Uh, he ends up missing two games, uh, as forces the Lakers to suspend him indefinitely and fine him for every missed game. Uh, in total, he only you know loses you know fifty seven thousand dollars of fines. But uh, it takes a very weird turn as well, and 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 I guess a turn that like most people were wondering, oh God, is he like okay? Is he hurt? Is he dead? Is he you know in 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 danger? And it tends up you know it ends up that he's not. Uh, but they do see him boating with his family. Uh, I don't know. what I don't know how to pronounce the lake with Hayavusa Hayavusu? I don't know what the hell the lake name is. He's on the lake with his family. That's all it that matters. Uh, when he returns, he uh, tells it. It was a family matter and he does not disclose why he disappeared. Uh, the move is costly, though, for both the Lakers and Sabalas. Uh, Sabalas has voted out as his role as team captain. He also lost his starting position to Magic Johnson for a few games uh, as punishment as well. And then one thing that irked a lot of people is he never immediately apologizes and never really kind of says anything and never really talks about it. So uh, overall, though, he ends the year pretty well, you know, production wise, he stays there. He's got 21.2 points per game, 6.9 rebounds per game, uh, but the Lakers lose to the Rockets in the playoffs. So uh, what is your take on the, uh, yeah, the disappearing Cedric's of balls? I think we've talked about it in a prior episode as well, but I don't remember uh, what the other context of that was, but yeah, very, very yeah. weird, weird thing going on.
0: Right. Yeah, really. Um, really bizarre there. And um, yeah, you, you said it, well, I don't really have anything necessarily to add um, uh, to that, but, but definitely, you know, quite the uh, strange situation. And yeah, he was really, um, I mean, he, he plays pretty well that year, but it's kind of after that point where, you know, he he was suddenly on the rise He's 25, 26 years old. He's having strong seasons, makes the all-star game. You know, it seems like he's a guy who, you know, could, could be a multiple time all-star, you know, really just entering his prime and then his career you're never quite the same after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. Like, yeah, he's a guy who was, seems super reliable up into this point. And then, yeah, he misses these teams' flight and then, yeah, he just kind of like kind of all goes off the rails for a little bit here. So yeah. we'll get to it. 96, 97 uh, Shaq arrives in town. Of course, things get serious in LA um, and Cedric Savals is you know, one of the, the team's primary scorers, So expectations are super high. Uh, he suffers a uh, partial tear of his patella just eight games into the season. Uh, But the team, unfortunately, for Cedric is, is largely fine without him because Eddie Jones takes on a bigger role. He starts scoring a little bit more. And then that Kobe Bryant guy, he ends up being pretty damn good. They end up finding out, hey, this high school guy we got is pretty good. And as Cedric's ready to return to the team, just as he's ready to come back from his injury. He's on the way out and he's back to Phoenix, uh, January 10th, 1997. He's traded by the Los Angeles Lakers uh, to the Phoenix Suns for Robert Ori and, uh, and Joe Klein. This is famously after Robert Ory uh, did what we all want to do and throw a towel in Danny age's face. Uh, so uh, Cedric has a quote here. He says, I'm happy to come back to where I feel appreciated, where I think my game is respected, and where they want me. So that's a pretty loaded quote there. Clearly, a man not happy uh to be in LA and he plays well for the Suns in the you know last half of the year and this would kind of be his last productive run uh as a player which is interesting in, in like you said like he he's good like there's no reason for him to kind of have the fall off he does and, and all of a sudden he does yeah you, know, you know uh 35 games in the 97-98 season he's once again on the move this time to the Dallas Mavericks uh, February 18th, 1998, he's traded uh, for Dennis Scott. Uh, productive years in Dallas, you know, semi-productive years, but the team is really kind of trying to work its way back to respectability. And then the emergence of Michael Finley, Steve Nash, and Dirk Nowinski, again, lead Cedric uh, out of the future plans. And he's traded once again, this time to the Detroit Pistons, uh, August 29th, 2000. Uh, Eric Murdoch and John Wallace go uh, with him as well. Christian Leitner and Terry Mills come back. Um and then the, finally, the reason why we're here, November 26, 2000, only a few months later, ice traded by the Detroit Pistons with a 2003 second round pick uh, to the Miami Heat for a 2002 second round pick. Uh, all players that, you don't know, really matter. These draft picks don't end up working out. It's Tommy Smith and Tito Maddox. You don't know who those guys are and you don't care. Sure. Uh, and Miami, they're in need of uh, offensive help. They, you know, of course, had lost, you know, center Alonzo Mourning. Uh, to a kidney problem before the year, we've talked about that pretty much with every one of these players for some reason. And uh, Miami has given a, a 3.9 million dollar exception, a player exception, uh, to acquire a player, uh, and at the deadline, and they use that exception to acquire Serge uh, Sabalas. And Serge Sabalas, you know, has you know some some quotes here, and uh, as well from Sabalas uh, again from the NBA Trades uh, Tumblr blog, he says it's business. I found out at halftime. I know they're trying to build with young players, so at this point, Serge doesn't really care anymore. It's like whatever, who cares? It's a job uh, at this point. Uh, There's some other quotes as well. He says the uh, quote the trade was brewing for about two weeks. So I was watching the team trying to get a little bit of a head start. I couldn't wait for this to happen being reunited with Eddie Jones and Dan Marley. It's going to be great. Well, no, it's not great. It's not great at all. Uh, The Heat aren't very good. And Cedric plays only 27 games as a member of the Heat. 6.9 points per game, only three rebounds per game. And this is the end of the line for him. I, I don't understand. I don't get it why. They, they 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 make this player exception three point nine million dollars and then if you look at the player logs like he just barely plays like he doesn't even play they don't really they don't start him they don't really do anything with him I don't know if it was a he wasn't ready problem or Miami didn't know what they were getting. I don't know what it was but yeah it was very very strange he goes there barely plays pretty much you know completely irrelevant for the Miami Heat uh, and that's the other line he would go to training camp with the Nuggets in two thousand two he'd be cut before the season would even start uh, and that was it that's kind of it for Cedric Sabalas. he uh, you know he would. Eventually appear the thirtieth season of the Amazing Race. It'd be him and uh, Sean Marion would be on that uh, uh, that Amazing Race season, and, and as well we have talked about this before. But I think the most important part of Cedric Ball's entire career uh, is his contribution to the nineteen ninety four uh, record called B Ball's Best Kept Secret, uh, which is a bunch of nineties NBA players rapping. Uh, Cedric balls is on a, a, a track with Warren G called "Flow On" as well, and later on the track "You Don't Stop" along with uh, Dana Barros. Uh, Who you know? Dana Barros and Cedric Sabalas on "You Don't Stop" as well as (laughs) Orangey and and him on "Flow On." So that's that. So a very uh, just a strange career from Cedric Sabalas. It's like he's really good, and then he was just gone, and (laughs) it just wasn't good anymore. And I don't Uh, really know why. I mean, he had the one injury, but he was like fine after the injury too. It's very. Very strange. I I just don't get it with him. Same with Eddie right. Jones too. All these guys were really good, and they're just really bad all of a sudden, and, yeah. and with no well, reason. So
0: yeah, I mean, some of them were age, obviously. I mean, Sabals was a little young when he fell off. Um, yeah, a. Jones was older by then, but um, but yeah, you know, maybe the injuries were a concern, or definitely, you know, he Cibales seems like he was kind of a guy who was a little bit up and down um, in terms of engagement and attitude and stuff. Um, you know, I you know, of course, he you know went from Phoenix to L. A. to Phoenix. And um, Gail Goodrich went from LA to Phoenix to LA. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they ever talked about that.
1: (laughs) Right. So real to be relationship there with Gail Goodrich. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder how many conversations Gail Goodrich and uh, and, and
0: Serge <laughs> Cyrus Cyrus had, had in their life. I hope. I hope. Many. They seem like yeah. they would get along well. So. I feel like. I mean, they had. I mean, obviously, the, you know, Goodrich was the announcer for the uh, Lakers for a long time, right? Oh, you're um, right. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. they've they've yeah. had to
1: have had a conversation. Yeah, had to have yeah.
0: conversations. Yeah. I don't know about that, but you know, certainly they had conversations. So um, anyway, uh, so. We're going to close out here with, uh, of course, you know, I think the most important player that we've all want to talk about. Oh, of course. It was, yeah, everyone's been yeah. out
1: of the bed. Just just let it out, Jason. People are waiting. Yeah. They know who it is. It's just come on. Let's go.
0: Right. I mean, once the number one ranked high school player in the nation. Yeah, I just you know, know. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. and,
1: and people are screaming, like, just talk about this guy. Lakers. Yeah. He we know who you're talking about. He's a rapper yeah. too. He appears in a rap song. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone knows who this guy is. So just whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: you know, he's multiple time NBA important.
1: champion, uh, yeah. rapper, number one ranked high school player. We all know who you're talking about. Just go.
0: Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the BT Express, Billy Thompson. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. It's,
1: it's so silly yes. we made it to the final guy to talk about him. But yeah.
0: Right. Uh, one of four players who won a national championship one year, which he did in 86 with the University of Louisville and an NBA championship the, the next year. Um, Bill Russell did it. Magic Johnson did it. And Henry Bibby did it with UCLA in 1972 and the Knicks in 1973. So, um, but yes, uh, he was on the the back to back championship uh, Lakers teams, um, And uh, also appears in the uh, infamous Lakers Just Say No rap song with a duet with uh, Michael Thompson, of course. So uh, one of the uh, choice lines is we're the Thompsons, but we're no relation and we stand together for a drug free nation. So. I, you hey, know, I can't i can't hate it that's it's, it's I, fine I, I, he's not yeah. wrong
1: There, both their names are both thompson and I, yeah. presumably they both stand for a drug-free nation so
0: and apparently they're not related i mean if if, if they were lying to us
1: about their relation, <laughs> that, that would be yeah, yeah but then but, what are they relying do they stand for a drug-free nation you know yeah
0: there's right a lot, there's it means you can't questions. trust the first thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, that's exactly a, so. a lot of questions here. yes so as i alluded to at the beginning of the show this was the teaser so he was the uh the, the first player actually chosen by the uh, Heat in the expansion draft, uh, instead of choosing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, they actually chose uh, Billy Thompson. There actually was speculation early on uh, before the draft that the Lakers would protect Thompson, um, but they ended up uh, protecting Tony Campbell again as he said, Mike, Mike Smreck was also uh, protected there. So um, the, uh, the Heat, as we talked about, were able to get a second rounder for that um, draft. Uh, Thompson also appeared in the 1990 slam dunk contest where he finished, uh, seventh of eight, uh, in that, uh, in that contest. <laughs> no, uh, I,
1: recently watched it. It's, it's not yet. Yeah, he's right. bad. He's bad.
0: But. That's wrong. Yeah. Uh, more recently, you know, in his life, uh, post career, he became a pastor. Uh, he became a born again Christian during his time with the, uh, well, I, I I've seen mixed things either during his time with his Lakers or perhaps during college, but he says that decision helped, uh, him end his drug use. Uh, and he uh, served, or uh, I, I believe, may currently, but has in, for many years served as the team chaplain for the Miami Heat. So he's a prominent pastor in uh, in the Miami area as well. So that's good. Good to hear. Yeah, good to hear. You know, yeah. someone can. And,
1: and, and yeah, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't find either yeah. if, he, if he still was. Uh, but yeah, pretty recently he was still a, a pastor. At least I think 2018 yeah, last or something two, like years. that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopefully exactly. maybe he is, and yeah. yeah, maybe he's in the bubble, helping him, uh, you yeah. know, win the finals here. So there
0: you go. Um so other quickly, other prominent uh Heat Lakers, some we've t- mentioned here, but uh yeah, LeBron James, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Shaquille O'Neal, uh Roy mm. Sparrow, again, bird um here. Um, Brian Shaw, uh John Sally, Danny Shays, AC Green, completely forgot that AC Green played Yeah, for the
1: Heat. yeah. I, I would have never <laughs> remembered him playing for the Heat, but yeah, go go AC Green. So Yeah uh jim jackson one
0: of the fifty teams that he uh played jackson not play for at some point so. <laughs> yeah there you go um yeah a c green actually ended his career uh with the uh with the heat so um so anyway um uh samaki walker of course the you know the famous samaki walker uh jason capono uh oh, gary yeah, payton. Capono, yeah. yeah yeah gary payton of course yeah, um yeah. smush parker michael beasley ronnie Churioff, um Luol Deng, Shannon Brown, Josh McRoberts, Deion Waiters, of course, currently yeah, playing. Currently, but, yeah. well, we for both teams this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, this we year alone, players, yeah, yeah,
1: gonna get a ring there. no matter what. What a what a great. Yeah. He's just like, dude, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: whatever, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Ellington and Derek Williams, who played two games for the Lakers in 2018. Oh, well, yeah, of course. So,
1: yeah. No, you don't have to tell anybody that we all know that. I don't, <laughs> don't remember yeah. Derek Williams' yeah. two games for the Lakers in
0: 2018. Yeah. Of course. That's that actually the end of his career. He, yeah. has, he has not played since in the NBA. So,
1: yeah. He's like an all-time um, like draft miss for me. I remember seeing the guy like in college and tapes and something I'm like, dude, this guy's going to be correct. the greatest player in the NBA. And he's, I, he wasn't very good. He was oh, fine. He, oh. he ended up carving out a pretty good career, though, based, I think, off people being like, all right, Derek, you, I'm sure you're going to be good. You have to be good, right? And he's like, yeah, eh,
0: I'm all right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he carved a career. I don't know if I would say... uh you know, <laughs> he's had a lot he of teams. Played, though. He, was, he, he definitely played for teams. I
1: will agree with yeah, you Teams there. did acquire his rights. And yeah. I mean, mostly Sacramento and New York, but still. like, Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if you know, if those two teams, if, if anybody can can evaluate talent, it's definitely the Sacramento Kings and the New York Knicks. Sure. So Yeah. He
0: played both. He played 25 games for both the Heat and the uh, Cavs in uh, 2017. Oh, so okay. I. Yeah. Is he part of the Dwayne Wayne deal? Was he, uh, he involved Ooh, in that? that makes, uh, yeah, it would make sense, but I don't know. Or no, they just released, or I think they just traded, um, I think they just traded Wade for like a second round pick or something. I don't think there was actually uh, like a real trade for that. So anyway, not important. Um, But uh, yes, so that is all that we have, I believe. Um, yeah, that's let's it, that's anything else? Yeah, Before
1: We preview the NBA finals. This is pretty fun to do. Yeah, go back and look at these all guys. Right. And, and yeah, like again, we talked about with with our last episode, like, you don't really need us to go and tell you about Shaq and LeBron or whatever. So hopefully right. you learn something about, you know, Glenn Rice and, and Billy Thompson and Eddie Jones and those sort of guys that we could talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about these NBA finals. I think it's, you know, like, like yeah. you know, when we talked about weird NBA seasons, we talked about very weird teams, you know, making huge upsets and, and huge runs, you know, to the finals. And, and Miami is that And if they actually can get it done and actually win the title, it'd be, you know, I, I think one of the bigger, quote unquote, kind of upsets in in, in NBA history, even though it's obviously such a weird season. Uh, with the bubble, but still, yeah, being able to complete it would be really cool. And and yeah, if you yeah. Know, they don't complete it, they got LeBron James who wins its title in L.A., which is pretty cool uh, as well. And the right. Lakers can yeah. tie. I think they they would tie the Boston Celtics. I think in in all time uh, titles. I think if you count the Minnesota years, which I do. Uh, yeah. If he-
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't, you, I don't think it counts the NBL titles, but, um, but either way, um, it's close. And I think, yeah, in terms of just purely NBA since 1950 titles, I believe you're correct. Yeah. So, well, that'd be, that'd be cool too. So um, yeah, there's,
1: you know, we, we win either way. Yeah. And everybody has a good time yeah, and nobody gets exactly. hurt. That's
0: all we need. Yeah. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Um, any predictions for the, uh, for the finals? Well,
1: I won't, uh, won't say, but I put a, a substantial amount of money on the Miami Heat to win. Um, Hopefully them, but oh, <laughs> no, I mean, right. by substantial, I mean, okay. $30. So that's not really, you know, right. well, <laughs> so, substantial. But solid. for me, that's substantial. So, I don't gamble yes. very often. So um, I, uh, yeah. I hope they win. I, I don't know. I I, I kind of think the Lakers might, but, uh, you know, I got to ride and down with my bet. So let's go. Uh, let's go Miami in seven. Get a good seven okay. game series for Miami. I, I like the I like the the hustle of Miami. They got a very, they're like the perfect bubble team. They just try really hard. And there's a lot of players
0: that could shoot and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the I
1: like the yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, they're they're scrappy. They've they've been fun. I mean, I, I'm not um particularly inclined to support the Heat franchise, you know, with with my with my Pat Rally oh, yeah, but yeah, I mean yeah, no. they've been a lot of fun. And um, you know, Butler's played really I mean, they've all played really well. it's, it's been really impressive to see them work and Lakers have been great too. I mean, um I think maybe because the expectations were so, have been so high for the Lakers, you know, since the bubble, they returned and they kind of struggled a little bit, you know, initially in the bubble. I don't know if it's been appreciated how dominant they've been in the playoffs against the West, I honestly, against better teams. And it's kind of why I'm, I'm picking the Lakers. Um, although a lot of people, you know, are really smarter picking the Heat. I think the Heat definitely could win and, and could make it tough and they, you know, they can defend. They got a lot of versatility. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think the, in the end, the Lakers have the two best players in the uh, in the series. Yeah, um, it's for, hard. To, I, my, mean, my
1: I did. Part, I did so. bet against it, but it's hard to bet against. You know, two. You know, two. Right. When you talk about the best players in a series, and if one team has two of those guys, it's hard to ever bet against those guys. So yeah,
0: yeah, and, and yeah. Again, the Heat more than some of the parts, so they they could definitely put it there. But I mean, the Lakers' role players. I think if played really well and fit into um, you know, they have some vulnerabilities in terms of not, you know, being great shooters or um, you know, other things, but I don't know but they, they've gelled pretty well. And, you know, I think it'll be a good series either way. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think yeah. it'll be like a, you know, uh, a tough six game series for the Lakers. That's, yeah. that's oh,
1: there you yep. go. Yeah. I, I have trouble rooting for any rage on Rondo uh, team. So <laughs>
0: it's I, like, I agree
1: yeah. It's, yeah. there's a lot of guys I hate and I have to like kind of weigh the hating with the, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, man, Rondo's on that team, but ah, I don't really like Jimmy Baller that much. So but, there's, there's a lot yeah. of guys that, I just I like, but Bam Adebayo is cool and LeBron's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's yeah. in, in general, like I've kind of in my older age, I'm just kind of like, I just want good games. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't <laughs> exactly really care, but yeah, but I now I really. do because I got, you know, 30 scratches on the, uh, the, All uh, right. on well, the
0: old Miami Heat. So let's go. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. I, uh, on, Tyler I, Hero, I, I, let's do this. Yeah, I, I didn't place any uh, any bets on that perhaps I should have. But uh, well, anyway, there's well, no uh, betting company that's sponsoring this podcast or else we could talk about it.
1: But they didn't. That's you know, true. They, yes. they did in the past, but they're not paying for this episode. So, yeah, no. We're, so we're those who shall remain record. nameless. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they may have sponsored another podcast that I do. But yeah,
0: that's fine. Ah, I'm not going to not not go. plug it here. They didn't pay all for right.
1: this one. So screw them.
0: All right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So everyone uh thanks for uh checking us out lots of fun to uh, do this hopefully you enjoyed and hopefully you keep enjoying uh and the, the episodes we'd uh, love to hear your feedback you can find us on twitter and facebook at over back nba uh, we're also at uh, the stepback at fans.com where you can find your episodes and all uh exciting things going on for your uh, nba finals coverage so uh, check that out as well and uh, until next time thanks for listening and we're back again soon